our uh, scripture reading this morning is taken from Matthew. We're reading at chapter 6, beginning at verse 25. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I don't know if most pastors are like this, but I know for myself, whenever I'm writing messages, I have this tendency to, at least to some degree, be writing to myself. Not necessarily always very strongly, but there's usually something in there that I'm trying to say to myself, not just to everybody else. But probably out of all the messages in this series, and if you remember, we're in this series in Lent, and today closes out this series on ways in which we as Christians continue to fail, and that there's, there, there are still sins that sometimes we, uh, that go unnoticed with us, that we need reminded of from time to time. And uh, one of the things I had wanted to say at the beginning of this series was that there may have been one of the messages in this series that maybe made you a little uncomfortable or, or maybe really head home. This one is the one that is most directed at myself. So those of you who maybe this resonates with uh, know that uh, I don't just write to try to be like, oh, I gotta tell people, you know, that I, I write to myself in many ways. Technology is an amazing thing. It, <clears throat> over the centuries, has allowed us to travel faster, helps us stay connected, and it can entertain us. But as with most things, technology has its darker side. And we could talk at length about how technology has caused many people to become more isolated, how it is used to harm, and so on. But one thing that technology does that is quite insidious that most of us probably don't realize 
is it causes us to worry more. And if you look at, at our culture and our society, worry and, and anxiety-related disorders are very much on the rise. I make no secret of the fact that I'm, I'm one of those uh, people. From national and international politics to comments that you may have made to someone on social media, Technology has opened the door to more things for people to worry about, to be afraid that they stepped in it somehow, to, to worry what might happen tomorrow. In a way, I think as technology has progressed, our culture has come to be dominated in many ways by fear and worry. Our news programs are basically uh, hour-long segments or longer now that we have uh, 24-hour news of uh, just big, long worry segments about all the things in the world that we need to be afraid of and worried about and concerned about. Our entertainment, if you call it that, oftentimes plays upon these potential real-world worries. One might ask, why is worry bad? Why is worry so bad? Well, there have been a lot of studies done on the subject, and I don't have detailed statistics to give you, but I do know that first and foremost, it's bad for the body. It's very bad on the body. It's hard on your heart. I have high blood pressure, and I'm sure that a lot of that is because of anxiety. It tends to prematurely age us, and it harms our health in general. It can damage relationships. But most importantly, and this, this is where I think many of us may recoil a bit at this thought, but worry is a sin. It really is. And it is the last failing of, this last failing of Christians that we are going to examine as we come in to Holy Week this week. Anytime I get worked up about something, this is one of those passages that I repeatedly come back to. Jesus basically saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus says, don't worry to a crowd that quite likely had an awful lot to worry about. The Romans were incessantly and consistently persecuting the Jewish people. Herod was a puppet king that basically did whatever the Romans wanted. And a lot of the people, at least we, we think a lot of the people that followed Jesus, aside from his core disciples, many of them probably had been earlier followers of John the Baptist. And everybody knew what happened to John the Baptist whenever he managed to say the wrong thing to Herod, you know, we, we look at our politics today and how nasty it gets. John the Baptist just basically tells Herod, hey, you're wrong in stealing your brother's wife. And what ends up happening, he gets his head cut off. The priesthood of the temple controlled whether or not you could come in and make your annual sacrifices at Passover and in the temple religion of the Jews, 
it was crucial to be able to come and bring that sacrificial lamb to the altar at Passover. Jesus gives some very interesting illustrations on the futility of worry. First, he says, look at the birds of the air. They don't, work in a, they don't have jobs. They don't work in the sense that we work, and yet somehow there's food for them. And so he addresses the concern over food and sustenance. He says, look at the birds. They just fly out there and they find food. And they're okay. He says, look at the flowers out in the field. And this time of year in particular, we look outside and see how these beautiful wildflowers just seem to pop up. And he says, look, the the earth is clothed with these beautiful flowers. It's more beautiful than anything Solomon ever wore. And yet, you know, we all know what happens to the flowers eventually. They dry up and die and they get mowed down. But Jesus uses these illustrations to point out, he's pointing at things that are considered unimportant things and saying, look, God somehow takes care of these things. You are his prized creation. You are that which is made in his image. Don't you think if God does all of this for the little birds and and the grass that he's going to take care of you also? But more importantly, Jesus points out that worry is a characteristic of the heathens. And we've talked about last week that uh, Jesus brought in the subject of the pagans, the heathens, the Gentiles, essentially, saying, look, they, they worry about all these things of food and clothing and shelter and all the things that, yeah, we know that we need because... They don't know where it's going to come from. They stew and they get worked up about these things because they don't know how they're going to get it. And they just hope that somehow through their work and their endeavor and their striving and their fighting that they'll manage to get what they need. And Jesus essentially points out and says, look, you know God. And he's the one that takes care of all of this for the birds and the grass. You know God. Don't you think he's going to take care of you? In the church today, we have a tendency to worry an awful lot. We worried for the better part of two or three years over the general conference, which came and passed and now we're worried about the next general conference which is next year which will come and it will pass we worry about what's going to happen to our denomination what's going to happen to our local churches as we see so many churches around us that are struggling we worry about money and we tend to worry a lot in our personal lives as well it's not something relegated only to the public life of the church, it's something that we worry about in our personal lives as well. We worry about our health. Will we get a bad medical report the next time we go in to see the doctor? 
We worry about our finances. Will we be able to pay our bills? We worry about our children. We say, well, will, will they grow up to know Jesus? And the list goes on. The real problem, though, and why worry is a sin, is it represents a lack of faith. It represents a lack of faith. We worry because we think that God either can't or won't do something about what we worry about. If you want to pull the picture up just for this is to bring a little bit of lightness and a little bit of levity uh, into this topic because this is a kind of heavy topic, but this is a six's brain, and, and that song I played you was called uh, Six. And I'll, if you ever want to know about what this is all about, talk to my wife Esther. It has to do with Enneagrams and personality types. And the personality type six is, is one that is known kind of as the worrier and prone to anxiety, and turns out that's what my personality is. But this is to add a little bit of humor here. This is supposed to be the six's brain. So imagine for a moment that this is like, like me. And this is this car here with all of the, or this truck with all of these people piled on it. And each person represents a voice in your mind that's telling you about something to worry about. And if you can't read them, um, one is worried about quiet neighbors. One's worried about long-term sun damage. The next one's worried about a gas leak and then the bird flu. Another person is worried about kidnapping, being kidnapped, or children being kidnapped. The other one's worried about strangers. One fellow up here with his hands raised in the air is worried about sudden cardiac arrest. That's kind of where I end up sometimes. Uh, and another one's worried about the next government shutdown, whenever that's going to come. And I don't really know what this one is, but the bird box monster, whatever that is. I think that was from some kind of movie or another that I didn't watch, but... You know, that this is how, and I don't think you only have to be anxiety prone to have this. So many of us, I think, have this tendency in our brains that we just get this laundry list of things. We're like, well, what about this? And what's going to happen if this happens? And how are we going to handle it if, if this comes along? And, and again, what we have to understand is that worry is a sin because it represents a lack of faith. When we have all of, when we let these voices run our lives rather than God's truth of Jesus saying, "Look, don't worry. I've got this." Then we are sinning because we worry because we think God either can't or won't do something about what we worry about. This indicates a view that God is uh, th this is a, a view of God that is not entirely trusting and dependent upon him. And yet that's what God requires of us to fully and completely trust and believe in him. This is kind of how the pattern of worry goes. First, we get the idea, the thing that's in our head. The idea becomes a concern and then an obsession ultimately leading to action outside of the will of God. In essence, worry is a way in which we as individuals try to be God. We, we try to be the ones to manage all the stuff. When the truth is we can't manage all the stuff. We don't know. We, you know, we can't control whether or not there's a gas leak until we, you know, find it. You know, 
we don't know what our neighbors are up to, and in all likelihood, they're not up to anything. But when we listen to the voices saying, worry about this, worry about that, it's us trying to be in control rather than God. And so the good news, and you can put the other slide back up now if you want. The good news that Jesus gives us is he says, instead of worrying, seek first the kingdom. And I think sometimes when we read this passage, I think sometimes we can get to thinking, okay, Jesus is jumping to a new topic now, but he's not. He's still dealing with the issue of worry. Because the difference between worrying and seeking the kingdom is everything. Worry, you see, is self-motivated. It's what about me? What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of this? What, what, what am I going to do if this happens? I'm telling you this from experience. Seeking the kingdom, on the other hand, is surrender to God's will. It's a way of looking at life as saying, all things that come my way are from God. They're all from God. Maybe God didn't originate them. There's sometimes the enemy originates some things, but God will use them for our good. Nothing is going to come to us that God doesn't either create or allow. My job is to be God's ambassador to the world and to love God and my neighbor and let God take care of the rest. Let God worry about the next government shutdown. Let God worry about the next general conference. Let God deal with the next health report. Jesus assures that God is aware of our needs. That's, that's part of the comfort that Jesus gives us. He says, look, you know God and God knows what you need. So this is where we're putting the whole thing together. Jesus starts out saying, look, God takes care of the birds. He takes care of the grass. You're more important to him than the birds and the grass. He knows what you need. So don't you think he's going to take care of those things for you? Jesus assures that God is aware of our needs and that we should just let each day take care of itself. As we come into Holy Week on this Palm Sunday, let us finally place our worries on God's altar and start trusting in him. Let's start trusting in his plan for this church. Let's start trusting in his plan for our lives and seek how we can be part of that plan. Worry will not do a bit of good, but being willing to do God's will, well, that can change everything. As we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem that heralded the beginning of Jesus' contest with sin and death that would culminate at the cross and the empty tomb, let us remember that there is nothing too big for God to handle. If he could conquer sin and death, he is more than capable and willing to conquer our worries today if we will let him. Amen.